Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Stay cool this summer with AC Pro and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of select AC Pro ready-to-use refrigerant products that include a hose and gauge. Beat the heat before you hit the road with AC Pro at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to check us out on any social media site, Exxon Radio TV, um, send me an email. I love getting your letters, good, bad, or indifferent. And no, I don't give out any cooking recipes. The email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And to find out what we have playing for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And of course, you're listening to us on either iHeartRadio, Talkstar Radio, Mutual Broadcast Network across Europe and Asia on Euro Radio TV, and here in the Exxon Broadcast Network. Wow, what an hour we have for you tonight, Exxon Nation. We have two ladies with us. They are both with the Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society. We have the founder of it, Bernadine LeBlanc. And uh, Aline Pastanio. And mm-hmm. ladies, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having us. All right, let's go with Ber- Bernadine first. Bernadine, tell us about yourself and what it was that got you interested in the paranormal. Well, 
I'm the founder of Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society. Uh, back in 2004, I had I was on a couple of other teams for about four years before I uh, founded my own. Mm-hmm. But what got me into it was uh, growing up in family members into the occult. So I got to witness seances and Ouija board and voodoo and all these things that children shouldn't see. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, um, I seen shadow spirits and heard things, you know, and, and growing up before paranormal teams were available, I, um, I went to the library, researched everything I could trying to figure out what was going on in my home and you know what my family was doing and finally i figured out they were creating the problem how are they creating the problem man? well seances and oh. ouija boards and calling in spirits and um i'm not going to tell you the the um the spells but uh it involved cats and, oh and uh, pots and cats. water Black and cats. yeah mm-hmm. boiling and and things like that. So, um, yeah, wow. I had lots of questions that I needed answers, but couldn't get it from anyone else. So that's kind of set me off on a path to research the paranormal, the supernatural, anything I could find good and bad. You know, I researched it. Right. Did you come up with any answers? Um, yeah, I kind of did things, you know, that I was taught and mm-hmm. shouldn't have and bought in things that shouldn't have been there. And I had to learn the hard way. So now, uh, you know, uh, me and Eileen, we both speak mm-hmm. on the dangers of the paranormal because we've both been through similar things. Wow. If the paranormal is so dangerous and believe me, I'm not doubting you once whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Why are so many people so interested in it? these days and getting involved in it if there is this danger well my take on it is spirits need energy to Mm -hmm. manifest okay and back when we were young they didn't have like the electronics we have now on the earth you know all these computers and and big screen Mm -hmm. tvs and radios and just they have radios but not to the extent we have now Okay. So I just, my theory is we're drawing, you know, the the spirits, they need the energy we mm-hmm. have to be able to move things. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking of demonic spirits because right. that's a whole, whole totally different thing. They don't need the energy. You but, know, I, I can understand that. I can end what you're, understand what you're saying about the, the energy. But let's yeah. go back even 20, 30 years before the advent of modern technology. There were mm-hmm. still high tension uh, High tension wires. There were still power plants. There was even nuclear power plants. But it seems, and we had spirits. Yeah, well, but we not to the extent. Yeah, yeah, we've had spirits. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't see them, hear them, communicate like we can now. All right, ladies, please stand by. We have to take our first break. Exxon Nation. My guests this hour are Bernadine LeBlanc and Aline Pustiano, and uh, 
They're with the Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society, and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like more information about the Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society, their website is lspr-society.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, 
Visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. We're talking with two ladies from the Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society this hour, Exonation, Bernadine LeBlanc and Aline Pustiano are our guests. And uh, Aline, tell us about yourself and what it was that brought you into the world of the paranormal, and how did you and Bernadine get together? Well, um, similar to her experience, I grew up in a family that was pretty much um, haunted all the mm-hmm. time. We always were either in a haunted house or... Um, some of our family members were, we were, you know, experiencing it just, it's just the way it is in New Orleans a lot of the time because it's so old. Um, but my mother was always particularly interested in it. So, um, you know, just to back up a little bit on a question of, uh, you know, why people do what they do to, uh, to get into the paranormal, it's because mm-hmm. they don't know what they're doing <laughs> and they're just imitating what they see on television, you know? So, um, but we can talk a little bit more about that. I, growing up there, um, it, it was very interesting because in New Orleans, you're always, you know, it's it's hands linked to tarot cards, voodoo, the practices and everything that, you know, just are all mixed in with the culture of New Orleans. Um, but my mother was always very interested in uh, supernatural, especially to try and contact a dead relative of hers. And um, if you remember, the first first blush of uh, interest in the paranormal was in the 70s, the, the 60s and 70s, when people like Lorraine Warren and Ed Warren were, you know, involved in Hans Holzer. Mm-hmm. And so my mother hooked up to that, that train. And she began to get involved in some things she shouldn't have, um, you know, rituals, right. occult rituals, mm-hmm. uh, new age stuff. And what developed was a demonic haunting in our house. Wow. And so um, I lived it. And then when I was old enough, and after she passed away in 88, and I believe that it was you know, it was partly because of what was in the house. Uh, you want to kind of know what your enemy, who your enemy was, you know, that hit you that bad. And you want to be able to know uh, how to deal with it if it happens again. Sure. So it basically set me on the course to uh, studying the occult kind of retroactively to try and figure out what happened with my mother, especially. But, um, you know, and just to learn more about it. Now, I will admit, you know, I practiced some things, but, um, you know, it's. It is essential to know what your enemy is, and in a lot of cases today, the paranormal teams have no one like me. I, I help Bernadine as an occult analyst because, um, you know, sometimes she'll have cases that look ritual magic or look like magic is involved or something like that, and so that's my role in her team. And you can only do that from studying it, you know, and so 
I know it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, and now we both speak together. But I met Bernadine at, at a convention. Uh, right. I think it was like in 2007. And we clicked immediately because we had this similar experiences, but also similar uh, outlooks on dealing, you know, working with the paranormal. So we basically, you know, have been doing that ever since. Bernadine, tell me about the founding of the Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society. Well, I was on another team, and mm -hmm. the two teams I was on prior to putting mine together were out of town. <clears throat> and uh, the first team, it was younger people, and, um, I mean, they did things like breaking into homes and oh. provoking and doing things that oh. I didn't agree with. So I uh, dropped out of that team. Then I was on another one, and it was a little further for me to drive, mm -hmm. you know, and and to get to the investigations and all. So there was no team in my area, and I was in it long enough to know how to run a team. You know, the way I, I learned from their mistakes, put it that way. So, so, you, so you learned from <laughs> so the school I, from hard knocks. I put my right. own together. So tell me, what kind of cases have you investigated, and can you share a couple with us? Oh, my goodness. Um, let, me, let me make it had, easier for you. Let me make it easier for you. Because that's a pretty wide question, isn't it? Tell me yeah. about the case that the Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society has worked on where it just blew you guys away. There has to be one. Well, we have one that um, we had to end up leaving because it was, we felt danger. Wow. Like real, real bad demonic danger. So, um, a guy had called us in and I had consulted Eileen on this also, but he had, he thought he was, well, his doctor said he was schizophrenic and, um, he wanted to know if he was or not because they were medicating him and he was living alone in disability apartments. His family distanced themselves from him. People were afraid of him. Mm. Um, because they didn't know what was wrong with him and he would get harmed and have to end up in the emergency room a lot. So he was trying to go, he went to churches and all trying mm -hmm. to get baptized and uh, his confirmation and all this stuff. And every time he would go to church, he would see demons on the altar. Well, what we found out once we got there, I did a, um, an EVP session with him and I had a couple of team members with me. But because he thought that he may be possessed, we didn't bring all of our equipment. We just went a couple of people ready to get out if we had to. So uh, upon talking to him, he uh, he started to change after a little while. He would mm -hmm. speak. I never addressed. A, I, I will never address a demon as a demon. I just won't. You know, I, I feel that's very dangerous. So when I would speak, I would speak to him mm -hmm. in his name, but he would answer me back as the demon. And mm -hmm. um, once his facial features started to change and he started to do these weird things with his hands and he'd lay down and curl up and he started to growl and snarl. Um, I was like, well, we got to go. Uh, we have to have evidence. I guess. <laughs> we have to leave. And um, after doing that, I came home, and I don't know why, but it took me a couple of weeks before I even played the EVP session to see if we had anything. 
and and once I heard it myself, I did call mm. Eileen, freaking out, grabbed the rosary, <laughs> put uh, holy water all over the place, ran out of my own house. I'm like, and I don't get scared easily. I just don't. Mm. Uh, I've been through so much. You know, you'd have to actually drop me from the sky or something. But that that voice did scare me because it reminded me of the Exorcist Part One. Where the demons <laughs> raspy voice, and I'm like, oh no. Yeah, but we all know but, that uh, the demon, the the Exorcist was just a movie, and it and when you look at the reality of the case compared to the movie, there you know big differences. Well, they actually played the real audio from that mm-hmm. that um, that exorcism oh, well, from the exorcism. Yeah, the yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was real audio that they played. Where did you guys hear this? I don't. Well, I, Dean, I don't, I don't, oh. the, the first Exorcist movie, I think we're confusing The Conjuring too, with that. Oh. Uh, the first Exorcist movie, the voices were done by an actress named Mercedes McCain. Right, yeah. Oh, okay. um, yeah we're she talking... did all the vocalizations. But that just but, reminded yeah. me <laughs> of that. Oh, I see, okay. Yeah, it sounded, it sounded that. Like was that. the scariest movie I had ever seen. I think I seen it when I was 11. Wow, do you know what so, happens if you don't pay I the Exorcist? I watched it last night. <laughs> do you ladies know what happens if you don't pay The Exorcist? What? We get repossessed. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm sorry. I just, whenever somebody talks about exorcism, I just have to throw that one in. So, all yeah, right. So, see, I don't do demons and stuff. What we do with my team uh-huh. is we go in and we try to give them proof of what they already have. Right. We either prove or disprove. Yeah. They're haunting. So and what, a lot of times it's not even a haunting. We can, we can disprove it, but sometimes it is. But we, if it's a demonic, haunting which right. if they say it up front i'll uh-huh. find somebody else so let me because, ask you if, if, if you, out of a hundred cases how many would you say would be real hauntings oh uh, out of a hundred yeah a percentage probably about 40 wow Okay, so here you've got this EVP that you've taken from the church where the guy is seeing demons, and you're getting the willy chillies, you're listening to it at home, and you kind of freak out, for lack of a better word. Right. You run out of your it house. Calls me. And, and <laughs> yeah. then, all right, now you, now, you, now you see, Elaine knew where I was yeah. going with this. Because, Elaine, yeah. tell me what you did. Tell me your side. Well, now. the very first thing I told her was, I don't want to hear it <laughs> because audio <laughs> like that can create. I'm, I mean, I'm not I'm not of the mind that if you say demons names, all of yeah. a sudden they're going to show up. But that's not possible. But um, with the information that she was giving, which the, the real explanation was um, Bernadine actually heard two voices. Um, she would hear the voice of the demon right. on the EP before he would reply. So essentially the demon present was telling him what to say and what to answer him. And then at the further along the tape she went, the demon was telling this guy that, you know, Bernadine was a threat. She was threatening him. He, you know, and and she was lying. And so he was getting, you know, worked up now, you know, me, I told her, I don't want to hear it, but you need to, you need to not work this case. Okay. If he is, because the, the real background that, that, uh, Dean had discovered was that mm-hmm. he had once, um, when he was around 18 years old, been involved in actual ritual magic. I mean, people say black magic, but there's all sorts of magic and it was demonic evocation, uh, into physical manifestation. That's mm-hmm. what they were doing. And they were, it was, you know, it was typical teens because, you know, they're just experimenting. He wanted to impress a girl. 
And because he was a skeptic and really not involved uh, emotionally or mentally in it, yeah. he was the one that the demon that the demon chose to stay with, that the demon attacked. And uh, as of now, which is a few years later, he is uh, being sodomized and and sexually assaulted. He's being beaten up by the demon. He every everything religious has been torn up, destroyed. Even uh, according to what Dean told me, um, he was. Uh, his brother was in an accident with a friend, and the friend got injured. But the demon told him, "If you, if you, you know, if you let these people help you, or you do this again, I'm going to kill your family." And that's typical. That's typical of the threat. So that now this guy is just a, an absolute paranoid uh, mess, you know, and he wouldn't be anybody to be around. Has but he I ever gone? To, has he, he ever gone to see a psychiatrist? He's seeing psychiatrists from the VA, and right. of course they, you know, they're not going to say, "Oh, you're possessed." They're right. giving him medicine, mm-hmm. and you know, supernaturally speaking, he's in a in a location where there's a lot of negative energy. I mean, you're, you're talking about government housing for you know disabled veterans, and you know they all have their their space. A lot of them have PTSD. A lot of them, you know, are, are injured and angry about their injuries. A lot of them were mental when they went to war and they're even worse now. Um, so you've got this whole mixture of people that are really attached by negative entities, other dead soldiers, and then the spirits that feed on those spirits. So it's this, this, you know, this soup of just demonic activity. And so, mm-hmm. although I told her not to take the case, both she and I tried to contact uh, exorcists, you know, in, in a way of in the locale where he is, sure. he's in her neck of the woods, and try to get, you know, at least him in touch. But that then that still could get him killed. I mean, this this could kill him. And so the the best thing to do is just some of them you have to walk away from because um, you know he did it to himself. But if he reaches out for help, Lord knows. I mean, his family all might be be attacked. This is apparently. Uh, the, the demon they were attempting to uh, to evoke into manifestation was only Belial, which is when you th- the real Belial is the demon, the fallen angel who actually rebelled against against God and led the armies. Uh, so he's Lucifer's right hand man. So whatever they were doing, they went big, you know, on their yeah, first exactly. their first rituals. They're trying to get in touch with the real, one of the really big bad guys. Ladies, stand by. I've got to deal with the big bad advertiser right now as we take (laughs) a break as well as we have the news at the bottom of the hour. ExoNation, we're talking to Bernadine Leblanc and Aline Pustiano from the Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society and their website is lspr-society.com and we'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away. And I want to tell you about a great provision for those interested in spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Find Your Path Home Shamanic Art Center is your resource for reliable, leading-edge information, education, and healing. Offering our brand new online galactic shamanism classes, long-distance shamanic healing performed by Path Home Shamanic Art School certified shamanic practitioners, and the Science of Magic's topic-driven radio episode collections, where I interview today's leading experts on science and magic. All of this designed to inform, support, and empower you through these changing times. Visit us and all we have to offer at findyourpathhome.com 
That's findyourpathhome.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Exonation, if you're in the state of Louisiana and you need help with a paranormal situation, our guest tonight, this hour, might be able to help you out. We're talking to Bernadine LeBlanc and Aline Pustiano, and uh, they are with Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society. In fact, Bernadine is the founder of Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society, and their website is lspr-society.com. If you'd like to find out about Aline... Uh, she Her website is alinepustiano.net, and that's A-L-Y-N-E-P-U-S-T-A-N-I-O.net. 
Ladies, welcome back. So what what happened with this guy? You know, like it sounds like he had a, he had more than his share his share of trouble. Could he go to the church to get some help? Well, that was yeah. that was the thing about it. I'm sorry, Dean. I'll just say, you know, he did. He was uh-huh. he had been baptized, I think, Dean, and then he wanted to be confirmed mm-hmm. in the church. And he could go. You know, this isn't something that people don't realize. You can, demons and devils can be and possessed people can be in a church, can even sit through mass. But up until the point of transubstantiation, which is when Christ becomes the Eucharist, the bread and wine. And at that point, they cannot. Um, but some devils love to stay and some demons like to stay in churches and pray on the people there. So he was trying. But every time he got mm-hmm. through that much of the mass or through enough uh, you know, education where he could go, it would pop him back. It didn't want to lose him, you wow. know, and so it would threaten him with killing his family, killing him and all sorts of other things. One thing that a lot of people see on the so-called reality TV shows that are anything but reality TV shows mm-hmm. are people provoking spirits ghosts uh, what's your take on this Dean, go ahead me yeah. um no we i don't provoke because i know that you can bring them home with you wow. you know and there's just and, and even in a client's case mm-hmm. a residence or or a business if you go if a team goes in there and they have bad intentions which a lot of teams do. They don't have the education on it. They just call themselves a paranormal team and they go in, they start provoking. And what they don't realize is when, when the team leaves, the people still live there. They have to live with whatever you pissed off, you know, and, and what you're going to do then. A lot of times when I go into a residence where the really bad cases, the whole families, they're sleeping in the same room <laughs> because they're afraid to be alone in a room because of the of the activity. So why would you want to go in there and provoke whatever it is that you're dealing with? And then on it, on the other hand, I tell people, you know, why would you would you talk to your two year old or three year old, four year old like that, cursing them out and and telling them to come here, you know, and do this and do that. You don't know if that's a child spirit mm. that you're talking to yeah. like that. You don't know if that's someone's grandmother because you can't see them. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm... why would you why would you even attempt that? I don't understand it. My team doesn't do it. You know, I, I can't speak for other teams, but I do know that they do have teams out there that that do provoke. Yeah. Well, my hat is off yeah. to you for the respect that you show. I'm... That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, it's like um, running into somebody you don't know's living room and starting to scream at them. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're suddenly there and you start demanding stuff of them. You're a total stranger to the environment and mm-hmm. you don't know uh, what you're dealing with. You won't know until you're investigated and until you, you know, sit with the client and everything. The, prov- the provocation is seen on television. In fact, almost 99% of what teams are doing out there is based on what they see on television. And because of that, they'll never have any, you know, they'll never have have any dearth of uh, cases to investigate because they're just perpetuating it. You know, they're getting haunted. They're causing problems in other people's houses. It just goes on and on because they don't know what they're doing and neither do most of the people on TV. Well, that was one question I was going to ask you. What is your take on the TV shows? But 
you know. Well, my that's my take on it. And that's why mm-hmm. I wrote a book about it, basically. Um, I wrote a book called Risks Inc- Incidental, I'm sorry, Supernatural Dangers of Paranormal Exploration. And the problem that I have is even by the first definition of it, they are they should be looking for a paranormal encounter or experience with the supernatural reality because the supernatural is real. And when they go in and they say they're skeptics and they don't believe and they're going to debunk and they're going to whatever, it doesn't matter. That realm is as real as possible. And you can't prove anything that you refuse to believe in. Okay? It's yeah. real and it can it, and it can ruin your family it can ruin your life sure. and you, you know you're going to go into places where you know you don't know what has been so, done. so what do you what do you think it was that that catapulted the the activity that we're seeing today i know you mentioned before the electronic gizmos and, and the electricity but what, there has to be something else and how do ghost we prove hunters. it ghost Are, hunters and sci-fi that that was prime that's primarily that's the touchstone for everything that you're seeing today because really, really um, they were on for 11 years and all the quasi science mm-hmm. and everything that you see other teams doing was basically, you know, invented by them. Of course, I mean, it's diversified, but mm-hmm. ghost hunters is really where you can say the second uh, explosion of paranormal. And it's really more than, you know, the old, ha- the old hands, you know, the other ones that came first, it's really because of technology but there are people out there mimicking, you know, their science and everything, and it is not science. And, you know, it's, you, you know, you've got to find your own methods. But a lot of what they're doing is just stuff they do for TV. Sure. <laughs> and, me, you know, shortly after them, you saw the Ghost Adventures team mm-hmm. and, you know, all these other teams coming yeah. out, the ones, Paranormal State and all this other stuff. And, you know, just looking at some of these people, a lot of their lives are ruined, especially the one from Paranormal State. No, but they don't know what they're doing, and they're self-replicating the problem by people imitating what they're doing because they don't know if you're a safari hunter you know you should know what you're doing if you're hunting a lion you should know how to do it and they don't they don't learn anything about the supernatural reality of the entities that they're trying to encounter so let me ask you this what is the ultimate goal of being a paranormal investigator what is your goal my goal is to help people Mm -hmm. because they have so many people out there that do have problems with the paranormal and sometimes it's you know spirits that come to them in dreams or things that we can't you know prove and and sometimes it just you know takes a phone call to talk to them and everything's all better but my goal is to not just do the counseling for paranormal is to help them with their problem if i can't help them i try to find someone that can yeah because some things I don't do, like, like you know, the demonic mm-hmm. and, and um, things like the supernatural I consult, I lean on. You know, I, I try sure. to help them as best I can. And a lot of the people, they get so worked up about little things that are going on in their home that they'll call any team that'll take their case. Mm-hmm. Anybody. And so, they trust these people to come in their house. Mm-hmm. And that's fine because that it's, it's hard for us to go into someone's home because of the trust issue. And I don't I can't blame them because they've have teams that have stolen from people out of their house. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And started fights to people. They're just you're letting strangers wow. into your home. How come you know, have- and they have to be that desperate mm-hmm. with their problem to just reach out to anybody 
and trust them. You and know, I, I tell clients all the time, you know, and I have paperwork. I make them sign. They get to meet the team on the interview. Right. You know, I, I don't just bring my team in anywhere. You know, we take the most dangerous cases, the ones that I don't feel is. I try to help them out by talking to them, you know, and, or do a saging ritual, tell them to get a priest to come bless their house. But the goal is to help them overcome their problem because okay, some but, people all right, just let me get ask you, traumatized. Well, this this brings a very, a very important uh, point to question. Are you a trained psychologist? No. All right. Now, is what happens if you give but the I wrong... Did work wait, in wait, a a wait, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. Hold on here. Hold on here, ladies. What happens <laughs> during a counseling session that you give somebody and you're giving them the wrong advice and something horrific happens? What happens in that case? I'm not giving them advice. Well, you said you counsel them. Psychological advice. I'm giving them advice on the parent on the paranormal. Oh, all right. I see. Okay. See things, things that they don't understand about the spiritual mm-hmm. realm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I tell them like, if they're having all these medical problems, I tell them, find a doctor. I'm exactly. not a doctor. Yeah. I'm not a psychologist, but I can counsel. I have enough experience to counsel on the paranormal. Okay. Because let me I ask... know enough about it. All right. Let me ask you another question. With all these paranormal teams out there, well, I think the last count there was over 33,000 in the United States. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that. 33,000. Thanks okay. for the warning. <laughs> yes. Oh, my pleasure. My question is, and all these TV shows and all the people who are considering themselves ghost hunters, paranormal investigators, paranormal researchers, how come in all the years nothing, no concrete evidence has been found if it is, in fact, a legitimate claim of the paranormal. Because no one gets to see their evidence. They they make claims that we don't know. We were just recently mm-hmm. talking about this uh, in our own show last week. You know, there used to be in Britain the uh, British Society for Psychical Research, and right. they also have an American Society for Psychical Research. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that is lacking and uh, should be the next step with so many out there is that, you know, neutral a neutral advisory or a neutral board let's say or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. some neutral source where all evidence or as much as possible is submitted and then you know comparisons and judgments and whatever are made not in science or mm-hmm. maybe there is some science that could be incorporated but just basically does this look legitimate or not you know and what is being put put out there on you know like youtube and all this other stuff is just um clouding that whole issue isn't that you know, just there inter- should be isn't that, i'm sorry isn't that just entertainment what we see on the internet because let's face it ladies the the internet is the biggest septic tank that man has ever created. Right, There's and more it's crap not helping. It's yeah. not helping the legitimately of the parent the, the le- legitimacy. True. I'm sorry, of paranormal researchers. Do the th- problem mm-hmm. comes in where they will not let anybody. They're very they're egotistical. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that have been on TV or are trying to get on TV, they hoard their evidence and they simply say, "Oh, we know it, and it happened." About and no one, you know, they're not allowing critics. Um, because they hate to be criticized and nobody else knows anything and they want to get a TV show. I mean, that's basically it. And if there was some sort of a way for comparison of everybody's evidence, there have been captures. I mean, we did a case ourselves, um, the upstairs lounge, where we know for certain 
uh, that, you know, that people we were looking for were there and speaking to us. We, you know, I've seen magic work. I know what I know. And out of all of the, the evidence that's mm-hmm. being conge- uh, connected or collected, I'm sorry, um, you know, there's there's legitimate findings, but they get lost in the shuffle of these people who are telling them this is what it should look like. This is what it should be. Um, you need to debunk, debunk, debunk. And, uh, you know, we don't get any sort of a unity um, on even like an outline uh, to operate on. You know, if, if even that was put into place um you know, it might sure. help. There has been proof, though. It's just that we don't, you don't get to see it because it's covered up by, you know, the egos, the hoarding, the, you know. All right, ladies, so, please stand by. We've got to take our final break. Exxon Nation, we're speaking with Bernadine and Aline from the Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society. Their website is lspr-society.com and we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the other side of these short breaks. Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize, while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. 
true healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to two young ladies from the Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society. Berdine LeBlanc, she is the founder, and Aline Pustanio. Pustanio? There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. All right, I'm going to call you Smith. All right, Aline That's Smith <laughs> uh, is her occult analyst. Jane Doe. Jane Doe, there you go. <clears throat> First of all, ladies, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a great pleasure talking to both of you. Um, what about orbs? What are orbs? Are they real? Is there any truth to the myth that they are the souls that are kind of uh, embraced in this little luminous orb of light that is taken in photographs? Well, Dean, you want me to answer? Well, we both have an answer. You can go first. Well, um, a lot of what they collect is dust, okay? A lot of what you see as orbs is dust. However... Mm -hmm. They should not dismiss orbs out of hand, and it's because uh, it comes from a, an occult reason. Some of those orbs, some of those things that show up on photographs are actually entities or elemental entities. They can be ghosts, but a lot of times in, you know, you'll find these the teams going into cemeteries, et cetera, a lot. And anywhere there's sort of decay, decomposition, urban squalor, um, there are entities that feed on that. Uh, feed on the decay basically that you know that surrounds us so um it's it's them and it is some legitimate spirits that that Mm -hmm. uh actually manifest in that way so this whole movement to just dismiss orbs entirely is wrong uh they shouldn't do that and they shouldn't you know that is one piece of good evidence you can actually get an intelligent orb or an orb that is responding or following you 
or if you're in a hospital or a hospice or whatever, you, you're seeing what's actually feeding on the energy of the dying people. So you should never just dismiss orbs. I don't, and they can laugh at us all they want. I don't mm-hmm. at all, you know. All right, uh, Bernadine, let's get your take on orbs. Well, the orbs that I have seen that I can only speak from my evidence because, you know, you say there there is, you know, no evidence people to believe and the reason I feel that way is because mm-hmm. if if I give a piece of evidence and someone else says oh that's a fake well they can't prove it's a fake and they can't prove it's not a fake because they have photoshop and all these other things and a lot of people do fake their evidence but I know in my heart I don't but I can't make other people believe that you know it's just trust and the orbs speaking just of orbs i look for intelligent like if we have um equipment that only detects energy we have it in the middle of a bed okay so if and you know spirits are energy if an orb passes over and just hovers over it and my electronics start going off and that orb just circles around it and goes out of a door like it would be a person walking Spirits sometimes show themselves as balls of light. That's just how they move around. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have to have a lot of energy to manifest into an apparition, which we do have that also as evidence in photographs, on video. And that's why I don't dismiss all orbs. Now, if you walk into a, a room with carpet, dirt floors, whatever, there are going to be dust orbs everywhere. The way to distinguish between a dust orb and a spirit orb is by intelligent. Mm -hmm. Because dust will go up, then it'll come back down, it'll settle. And that's what we do if we walk into a place like that. We wait till everything settles. And the man, my tech guy at Command Central tells us, everything's settled. Nobody's moving. So if we're communicating with a spirit and it's in the room with us, hovering over our heads and a bright ball of light, and then goes out the door, comes back, does the same thing. Mm -hmm. Dust does not do that. I've never seen a piece of dust do that. (laughs) Neither have I. Neither have I. uh, (laughs) Having all the kids that we have, it's... uh... It's a wonder that we haven't seen dust balls that follow them around. Reminds me of that little guy in in, uh, in Charlie Brown, Pigpen. You know, he's yeah, always walking around. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about some of the voodoo stories that we all hear oh. about in the beautiful city of New Orleans. Voodoo stories. Mm. There are there are many uh, voodoo stories. Um, I mean, Marie Laveau is the most famous voodoo practitioner, um, you know, in New Orleans history. And uh, with, you know, with good reason, because she was a very powerful priestess. Um, But voodoo is alive and well. Voodoo, a lot of people confuse voodoo um, with hoodoo. Voodoo or vodun is actually a religion. And the people who practice it, practice it as a faith system, as a belief system. What most people uh, associate with New Orleans voodoo is actually hoodoo, root working, and and conjure, and southern conjure. Uh, This is where you'll see the mojo bags, the grigri, the jars, you know, thrown, the tricks laid 
on, um, you know, on people's property, uh, the dolls with pins and stuff. That is associated with hoodoo and conjure. Um, but it's just under this blanket whole thing about voodoo. Um, as far as Marie Laveau being the most iconic, uh, she had a daughter, another Marie, who was even more, uh, was let's say more savvy than Marie was, than, the, than her mother was. And she made entertainment out of voodoo. And that, that did a lot to fix in the public's mind the idea of the snakes and the gyrations and all that. Um, but it is very real. The magic down here is very real. Um, after Katrina, there was a lot of upset uh, because a lot of the altars were, you know, were not getting their offerings. The spirits were not fed. The water washed through the city. And so it's taken a long while to at least get some of that back. It's nowhere near what it was before Katrina. I'm talking the spirituality of the city. It's nowhere near. In fact, it's actually probably worse with, you know, what, what is washed down here. Hmm. But voodoo, voodoo, this is very real. And there are legends um, involving those people and involving other uh, you know, other individuals in one of my books, uh, Haunting Tales of Old New Orleans, I tell the legend of Bracoupe, the zombie king, and he was a very real practitioner, and he is suspected of being a zombie because they hung him, uh, basically, and he was already dead. When they hung him and he hmm. died, he actually died, he began to decompose within two hours, and they had to take him down from the gallows in Jackson, what is now Jackson Square. Uh, and that comes from a historical source. Um, a relative of my family is Louis Morogatok, the pianist. And from his diaries, he witnessed this. So uh, the magic is very real down here. Wow. And I, I, I suggest that, you know, when they go into these mm -hmm. voodoo shops, you need to think twice, you know, about what you're getting. You're getting this love charm or you're going to get this money mojo or whatever. You know, you always, you don't get anything for nothing. And that applies in hoodoo voodoo. And in root working, the, you know, they'll if they help you, they'll always want some sort of payment. The fact that the cemeteries and the tombs in New Orleans are above ground, does this uh, act as a, a better conduit for spirits than being buried beneath the groundwood? Yes, yes, and plain and simple, because the the uh, the remains are accessible. A mm -hmm. lot of people will break in and steal bones, etc. Um, and they're above ground uh, because of the water. Can there yeah. are many, many bones of different family members. So, you know, that connection to a physical uh, remnant of a human being, especially if you're doing like ne necromancy or some kind yeah. of cursing or something, it's easy. And yeah, above ground keeps well, it still. Well, isn't, necrom isn't necromancy just communicating with the dead? No, not necessarily. Um, necromancy, you can, if you have a dead body, you mm. can basically command a spirit to go into that body and reanimate it and walk around in it and command it to do something, mm. you know, and it's, it, that's another very real practice. Uh, it can also tell you things about the future. You get a spirit that comes into the body. And a lot mm. of times that would, that's what was the goal of necromancy is to have some insight into the future. Um, and that's from classical magic, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, it's very real. So, and there are such things as zombies yeah. as well. So all these people who are mediums, they're, they're playing with something very dangerous that they think is just a gift. Absolutely. Unreal. Ladies, I've got about a minute left for you both to give a message to the Exxon Nation tonight. Let's go with Bernadine first. Well, watch who you let in your home as a paranormal investigator. Mm -hmm. Research their team. And um, see if they're reputable or not before you let them in your home. And uh, Aline, what are your final thoughts? 
my thoughts are if you're engaging in paranormal investigation, at least learn something about the supernatural reality that is causing the phenomena. And if you uh, are curious and have things suspicious uh, happening in your house and you have things like teenagers, et cetera, in the house, be sure to check into what they're involved in because a great percentage of uh, teens uh, these days, especially that generation, are involved in some sort of witchcraft. And unfortunately, it's it's mostly left-hand path and satanic. But if you have any questions, you need to call somebody like Bernadine and me. <laughs> and we can come in there and help you out. And of course, uh, all the information on contacting you is on your website at lspr-society.com, right? Yes, sir. All right, ladies, listen, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Continued success and keep us in the loop on what's going on. Thank you, Thank you for having me. Hey, ladies, take care. And uh, watch Bye-bye. out that you don't bring anything home that you shouldn't. <laughs> we'll try. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Exonation. Bye-bye. To, Bye-bye. Two uh, ladies who have their hearts in the right places when it comes to investigating the paranormal. My guests this hour were Bernadine Leblanc and Aline Postiano. And they are with the Louisiana State Paranormal Research Society. And the website is www.lspr-society.com. Now, I'm going to be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. As we continue tonight here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. The X-Chronicles newspaper, July 2017, is breaking all records. Get your copy. Go to www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. I'll be back on the other side. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. 